when we were worshiping, I was, I was, I had a, um, just like God was kind of telling me to, uh, fear is, a, that last song was, but God was really telling me just to start to declare uh, um, a lack of fear and a lack of, and a, a presence of hope over people. So, I don't know if somebody, if it pertains to you guys or not, but just, God is saying that, you know, the fear that is in your life, the fear and the, and the lack of hope in your life, that something is not going to work out. He's saying, I'm removing that from you. I'm declaring hope. He's declaring hope over us. Every day, we should get up and declare hope over ourselves, but we don't. We let the, the circumstances of life come in and they start to tell us what to do. But every morning before we even get up, God is declaring hope over us. While we sleep, he's declaring hope over us. He's declaring his own word over top of us because that's what God does. You know, and, and there's sometimes at night where I, my kids are sleeping and I go in and I pray over them and I just declare hope over them. I declare the, the word of God over them because what happens is it, it releases something over their lives that empowers them. So God is doing the same thing. But what he's trying to do, I believe he's doing today, is he's trying to release you from fear and you have to allow God to release you from fear and, and start to declare hope over yourself because God is releasing you from that. So, we are still in the series. We are. We've been kind of um, going through our identity in Christ of who He's created us to be um, as children of God, who, what He gives us, what we have access to, and how He works in our lives through His Word and through our identity in Him. So, we had the uh, the Rev team come up yesterday, and um, Danette was the leader. She's a little short blonde lady full of uh, fire, and um, she's just she's an amazing lady. Um, we met her about a year ago. Um, didn't realize it was the same person. We had just talked to her a couple times when we were visiting um, our friend's church, and, and just um, talking to her a little bit, and she was just going through... Um, the town with the rest of the kids. She had taken a, a group of them, and she was just going through. And we're um, at the pavilion in the park, and she's just standing there. We're talking. All of a sudden, she just out of nowhere, she just stops talking to me. Grabs, tells one of the the guys, says, "Hey, come with me." And I actually just see him make a beeline towards Daniel's. And I'm not quite sure what's going on. And I'm like, "Okay." She just kind of. I'm like, you know, I knew it was she wasn't being rude, but I saw her grab somebody. I knew she was doing something. So she goes over and she starts talking to this guy, and she just says. She starts declaring hope into his life, and he's just like, I know I need God. I need Jesus. I need him in my life, but I don't know if I'm, I'm ready to make that step. And she's like, you know what? He's waiting there for you. She's just declaring hope into his life. She's declaring peace into his life. And he's, the entire time that everybody was out in the park, he was walking around the park. He'd go to the party store, and then he'd come back, and then he'd walk around the park, and then he'd come back. And, and she, and what was funny, she's like, she'd come over, and she'd talk to me after that. She was, I had a dream about him last night. She goes, I saw a dream of a young guy with blaggy, uh, baggy pants and a cut-off T-shirt. And I said, I said to her, I said, he has been walking around this park the entire time. And she said, when we came up to him, it was like he already knew we were coming to talk to him. Like God had, had told him that somebody is going to talk to him. So he kept watching the group of people. He kept watching it like, I need to be there. I need to do this. But Danette was great because she just went over and started declaring hope over him and declaring that God loves him. And... What she was doing was feeding something into him because God has a plan for him. God had a purpose for him. And she goes, I knew this was the person the moment I saw him. I said, he's been waiting for, God had put that person in your path. 
and God and, and he knew somebody was going to come talk to him, but God was he was waiting for that perfect moment for you to see him and for God to work through you how God had given you a dream of seeing him. So what Danette was doing is this is she was declaring freedom to him. God has freedom for you. God declares over us, I am setting you free. I have set you free from everything that holds you, everything that uh, ties you to your old life, ties you to sin, ties you to hurt, to pain, to anything that is contrary to his word. So that gentleman is looking for something. We're all looking for something. We don't, even when we don't realize it, we're looking for freedom. We're looking for a freedom, um, a lack of, of um, bondage, the, you know, the, the shackles to be gone. We're always looking for that. So, if you look in the Bible, freedom is a, a huge part of the Bible. Not just in the New Testament when Jesus comes to set us free, but in the Old Testament. God sent people in His Word, throughout His Word, throughout time, to set His people free, to redeem them and to bring them back into a right relationship with Him. It started with Abraham. He, he got Lot out of bondage. He took Lot. Lot got caught. He said, you know, I'm going to take my nephew and I'm going to bring him out of bondage. Then the children of Israel, Moses releases them. Joshua leads the children of Israel into the promised land, which is the freedom that God had placed in them for them. The judges, they released the people out of bondage from their captors. They brought them back to God. Freedom is not for us to just go and say, I'm free, I'm going to go do what I want. God designed freedom for us to be released from our bondage, released from our captivity, and be brought back to Him. To have that relationship for our minds to say, I'm caught, I'm captive, I don't know what to do, I feel like I'm shackled. And when we're released, we're released to look back at Him and say, God, you've released me, I am free, I'm going to serve you because I love you. You guys are quiet today. You can give an amen to that, that's good stuff. But freedom, what does freedom mean? Um, basically, to be a captive means to be held a captive for ransom or for um, to be a prisoner. Free means to not be held captive or to be a slave. And it also means to be not physically held by something. Now, we can be physically held by something, but our, we are more than just a physical person. We are a a spirit and a soul. And God has released us. He has freed us to not be held by anything. Paul talks about it, how he goes, your freedom is not just for freedom. Your freedom is to love God, to serve God. Don't be free and just do whatever you please. Don't be free and do whatever you want to do. Be free to love God. And when he's released you from that bondage, be free to worship him. When before we submit our lives over to God, before we are born again, what happens is, is this. We are born into death. We are born into sin. The bird keeps hitting the window. He wants to get in here and hear the word. Every week, he's always hitting the window. But before we are born again, before we submit our lives over to God, we are held by our sin. We're held captive by Satan. We may not even realize, a lot of people don't even realize, I am a captive even when they don't feel like they're captive. Life may seem great. They may seem like everything is awesome, but they're still held by sin. They're still held captive by Satan. Before we are born again, Satan has legal right to our lives. He has legal right to do what he wants with us. Christ redeemed us on the cross, but until we accept that, Satan has legal right to us. 
He has a legal right to hold on to us. But Christ purchased us. Acts 20, if you guys want to turn there for me. Acts 20, 28. So guard yourselves and God's people. Feed the shepherd, God's flock. His church purchased with his own blood over which the Holy Spirit has anointed you as elders. So it says, Paul is saying, or excuse me, not Paul. It's written that he purchased us with his own blood. He purchased us. He bought us out of captivity. We, we talked about this a couple of weeks ago, how he redeemed us. He, he purchased us from, the, uh, from slavery. But, <coughs> excuse me. He purchased us with his own blood. He redeemed us, said, I'm going to pay the fine for these folks. I'm going to take what I need to. I'm going to pay what is owed for them, and I'm going to set them free. We talked about it, uh, how Christ is like the, the man that goes into the slave market and says, I'm going to take these three and buy a slave, and then takes them out of the slave market and says, takes their, their shackles off and says, go, you're free. I release you. You're not indentured to me. You're not. You don't have to work with for me. You're free to go. So Ephesians one seven says he is so rich in kindness and grace that he purchased our freedom with the blood of his son and forgave our sins. So you guys don't have to turn to all these. I'm just going to read these to you guys a little bit and go on with this. It says he he is so rich in kindness and grace that he purchased our freedom with his blood. That is the ultimate sacrifice right there. It's to purchase something with your blood. Back in Bible times, and even um, a lot of cultures they used to have, when they would seal a deal, when they would make a, a pact with each other, they would take their hand, cut their hand, and put their hand, which meant basically, when I'm, when I'm taking my hand in your blood, that means it's one, and we cannot be broken unless it's blood. So we see how when Christ came to pay for our sin, it had to be blood. He couldn't just come down and say, you're free to go. Because there had to be blood shed. There had to be blood to transact that freedom. He purchased our freedom with his blood. God sent his son to purchase our freedom with his son's blood and forgave our sins. Ephesians 1, 4 says, The Spirit of God guarantees that He will give us an inheritance He has promised, and that He has purchased us to be His own people. He did this so we would praise and glorify Him. He purchased our freedom and forgave our sins. He took our shackles off. He gave us the ability to, to move, the, the ability to breathe. He set us free from a cruel system. He set us free from a system of pain, death, poverty. He set us free from those things. Because it says that He paid for those on the cross. His blood was shed for us. His body was bruised for us. To set us free. We look at our lives before God. We look at our lives um, 
the lifestyle that we lived, it, whether it was um, okay, bad, whatever it was, our lives had sin in them. Our lives were bound by sin. Our, our minds, our hearts were bound by sin because we knew nothing else besides that. What happened was, is Adam and Eve had freedom. They had the ability to worship God, to love God, to have a perfect relationship with God in the garden. God said, everything is yours except this one tree. Don't eat of this tree. We all know the story of Adam and Eve. They, they eat the, the fruit of the tree and Eve says the Satan, the, the serpent tricked her and Adam's like, the woman made me do it. You know, it's just, it's the, the classic, you know, not taking responsibility for our actions. But what happened was is this, is they were free and when they ate of that they, from that moment, they were bound by sin. They were bound and made slaves by Satan. Paul talks about in Romans, he says, sin is no longer your master. Our master is not Satan. It's not our old lifestyle. It's not the sin that was in our lives. It is free. We are redeemed. We're set free. And God has paid for that sin. He has taken that sin from us and said, you know what, I'm going to throw it as far as the east is from the west. Our sin does not care. We don't carry our sin anymore. Our sin doesn't control who we are. It doesn't bind us. It doesn't control us. It doesn't say, you can't do this. God says, I give you freedom. There's an old analogy of uh, um, a friend of ours told us it's about the chicken. And when a chicken's little, they put a string on it. it, it this is over in the Philippines. They, they'll put a string on the chicken's foot. And they'll hold on to that chicken. And they'll walk around with that chicken with a string on its foot. And after a while, that chicken, they'll cut the string on it. And they'll set the chicken there. Or they'll walk. And the chicken will still follow them around. And the chicken will sit right by them. Because what's happened is, is their mind has been trained that they have a string, that they have a bind on their leg, that they are bound, they are shackled to that person that they are with. So you'll see a guy walking around with a chicken with a string a couple months later or weeks later, later, however it works, that chicken will follow them around and will sit by them because it thinks that it is tied to that person. That's what sin does to us. It ties us to a cruel system. It ties us to a taskmaster. And what God does is He says, you know what, I'm going to come in, I'm going to redeem you, I'm going to snip that string and you have the freedom to move. But what happens is we're set free, but we live under the old system. God says, you're free. Go. Love me. Serve me. But we're like, I'm just going to keep doing this because I feel like I'm Because what happens is we haven't renewed our mind into the, the understanding that God has set us free to serve Him and to love Him. So we still walk around like we're that chicken on the little string. We stop when it stops. We go when it goes. It's not there. It's not bound. We're free. But our mind doesn't understand that we're free. Sin is no longer our master, for you, are no, you no longer live under the requirements of the law. Instead, you live under the freedom of God's grace. God sent His Son to release us, to, to bring us 
and free us into an atmosphere of grace, of mercy, of love. No control, no chicken on a string. You guys ever seen those balloons on the stick? You get like an animal with a balloon and it has a stick on it. That's how some Christians walk around. You know, they got that helium balloon and it's got the stick on it. You like you go to Chuck the Cheese or whatever, and you get that balloon and it has like an animal or something. That's how some Christians live because they don't understand that God has freed them from that tether. God has freed them from that binding. He's purchased us and brought us into an atmosphere, into His house, which is of grace and mercy and love. But what happens is we live under an old system of condemnation, doubt, fear, and the mindset of, I'm never going to be good enough to serve God. Grace is such a funny thing. We always think of God's grace and God's mercy. And, oh God, I just need your grace and your mercy. And, and what we don't understand is that Jesus Christ was God's mercy towards us. God's mercy has been fully extended to us. We have to receive it. His mercy was fully extended when Jesus came to earth, lived a life, died on the cross, shed his blood, bruised for our, our, our sin, taken for our iniquities. That was the extent of God's grace and mercy towards us. His mercy is fully encompassing us, fully around us, but we have to understand, look at it and say, you know what, God's mercy is around me and I accept it. God's mercy has been extended to us. His grace empowers us to go do what His Word tells us to do. But we live, well, I just hope God has mercy on me for this one. I hope God's grace is goes on. I just feel bad because we live under the system of God is a cruel master. There is a difference between God and Satan. The world mixes it up. We see earthquakes and we're like, Oh, just an act of God. No, God did not do that. God is not cruel. God does not want people to die. But what they do is they take Satan's job and God's job and they flip-flop. And they say, well, you know, somebody died or somebody, this happened. This is just bad happened. Well, it must have been God's will. No, God's will was not something bad to happen. So we, we put the cruel taskmaster, the, the, the fear, the pain, the suffering onto God. And we live that way, but God said, I've made you free to love like I love, to have mercy like I have mercy, to have grace like I have grace. But we live under the, the old system of, you know what, you did this wrong, you did this wrong, I did this wrong, I've got to do this, I've got I to do better, I've got to make sure God's happy with me. And God's like, I'm happy with you. I've set you free, I've set you apart from sin. I've taken you and taken you and cleaned you made you new, made you white as snow, and have set you apart from sin. You look nothing like the old person. If we could look in the spiritual realm and look at the old man and the new man, we would be disgusted. Because they look nothing alike. The one that has been born again, washed in the blood of Jesus, looks nothing like the sinner that we used to be. We talked about this a couple weeks ago. God doesn't make subpar things. When He recreates us, when He makes us free, He sets us apart and says, you're completely brand new. 
We don't take old pieces, old elements. We don't put those together. We take, we make you brand new. You're completely new, completely different. Night and day difference. As our sin is far as from the east is from the west, so is our old man and the new man. Our sin nature and our, and our new God-like nature, our heart for God, is completely as far as the east is from the west. He says, I'm giving you an atmosphere of grace, of mercy, of love. I'm giving you freedom to live and to love me. No condemnation. He's not going to bring our sin back up and say, hey, remember when I set you free from that? Well, you're not doing so well right now. God doesn't do that. God says, I've sent my Holy Spirit to comfort you, to give you wisdom, to, understand, to give you understanding of my word. But I'm releasing mercy, I'm releasing grace into your life. Galatians 5.13 says, You have been called to live in freedom. Brothers and sisters, but don't use your freedom to satisfy your sinful nature. Instead, use your freedom to serve one another in love. The mercy of God coming to earth is love. The freedom of God coming to earth to set us free is love. His mercy is fully extended to us. He's saying, I've set you free. I've taken your sin away. I've called you to live in freedom. But don't use your freedom to go back into your sinful nature. We're free to live how God has called us to live. But what happens is we're free. We're like, I'm free, I'm free. And what we do is we walk back into bondage. We walk back into the rope around our ankle, the chains around our wrists, and we don't live free. Paul says, I've called you to live in freedom. He's telling the Galatians that you're called to live in freedom. Not, I'm going to live like this and, and I'm going to be great and then I'm going to walk back into this. We all do it. We all walk back into to the old nature sometimes and we're like, how did I get here? We repent and we walk back and say, you know what, I'm going to walk back into the freedom that God has called me to live in. Paul says, use your freedom to love one another. Use your freedom to love one another. Use your freedom to extend grace and mercy. To be understanding, to be kind, to have the love of Christ in your heart towards people. There was people out there that were reached that may never show up in this building, may never show up in church, but the fact that they got spoken to and someone said, you know what, God loves you. God's mercy, God's love is for you and He has desires to be with you. We're extending God's grace. We may never have every person in this town, but what we're, people are going to know is that God's love, God's mercy is extended towards us. Extended towards them, wherever they're at. High, drunk, strung out, whatever it is, God's mercy is extended towards them. God wants them to be part of His family. God loves them. God's saying, I've called you to come into freedom. To not live shackled by addiction, by everything that comes into your life. Don't be shackled by it. Don't be bound by it. Galatians 3.22 
Galatians is great because Paul really talks about our old nature and our new nature. Galatians 3.22 says, But the Scriptures declare that we were all prisoners of sin. We are all bound. We are all prisoners of sin. So we receive God's promise of freedom. How? What's it say? Only by believing in Jesus Christ or Christ Jesus. That's how we receive God's freedom. That's how we receive His mercy towards us. God's mercy is extended towards us. God's mercy, this carpet right here, God's mercy is all around. This is, let's just say this is the sinful nature. It's dark, it's kind of gloomy. God's mercy is all around us. But what we have to do is extend ourselves into what His mercy is. Paul says, live in His mercy, live in His grace, don't walk back into this. Bound. Boom. Can't go anywhere. If this is four walls, if this is sin, I am stuck in here and I can't move. It looks like freedom. It looks like something that is amazing because I can move. Because people think that captivity, people think that being bound is something that where you can't move. It talks about how um, John was on the Isle of Patmos, but before that, he was bound, he was in prison. Basically, he was, he was this. He was chained to the wall, chained to two guards, and then there's two sentries at the door. I was listening to something a couple uh, days ago, and it was funny because um, this is John, and he's bound with chains. There's people guarding him. They're, they're, he's basically chained to people. Like ankle chain to people. And he's, he's not free. He can't move. So he, he's basically, he can, he can move a little bit. And this is how he's moving. He, if he's going anywhere, these guys are going with him. What we don't understand is movement sometimes to us seems like freedom. But it's not freedom. God's saying, I've called you to move where you are not touching the sides. You're not living in that box of sin. You're not living in that box of the old lifestyle. God's like, my mercy is greater than the area of sin that you're living in. So when we step out of this sin and we step into God's mercy, wait a minute, I can move. We're not touching the sides. Freedom is so, God's freedom is so freeing that we don't even understand it sometimes because we're still in that sinful mindset. Even though we're free, God has redeemed us and we believe in Him, but we still live in that. Why am I living here? Why would I live in something that is so containing, so binding, so dark, when I can live in His love, His mercy, His grace? Live in Him. It talks about how we live in Christ. What was God's mercy? Christ Jesus. We live in His mercy. We live in Him because He looses us, He frees us to live a life that has purpose, that has a destiny, that has a plan. Before we were born, He called a plan for our life. He called a destiny, He called a purpose for us. And what He's saying is, if you move into my freedom, if you move into what I've called you to, if you accept my mercy and understand my mercy, you will walk in it. You will be free. Galatians 3.22 says, so we receive God's promise. How many of you guys know that when God promises something, it never goes away and it's never 
going to be revoked. God's promise of freedom. That's a promise I want to live in. When the children of Israel, Israel excuse me, moved out of Egypt, when they were released from Egypt, released from their bondage, they went through the wilderness. Moaning, groaning, complaining. We're free. God has released us. We get to the Red Sea. Oh, there's a creek to cross, basically. And they're like, oh, we should have just died in Egypt. It was better off. We had houses there. They move past the Red Sea. God releases things into their life. He gives them food. He gives them everything they need. Heat. Cover of, sun, of the sun so they don't burn up out in the desert. He gives them all of His mercy extended to them. They get, into the promi- they, they get to the promised land. Oh, I don't know. There's, there's tall people there. I don't know if we can do this. God's like, I've made it a promised land. His promises never go away. His promises are always, this is, if this is my promise for you, you can have it. It's not like, well, you know, if you want it, I guess you can take it. And if you don't take it, it's going to be gone. No, God says, my promised land is for you. I've designed it for you. I've designed it for freedom, for you to flourish, for you to grow, for you to thrive. Well, what did they do? Well, I don't know if we can go in there. So 40 years they wandered around aimlessly in the desert. Finally, Joshua's like, I'm sick of you guys. Let's get your minds, get your heads on straight. And let's move into the promised land that God has for them. So they move into the promised land and God's like, I've got this for you. But what do they have to do? They have to cross the Jordan River. And God says, this is your promised land. You're going to go into it, but you've got to cross the Jordan. And he says, what I want you to do is I want your priests to go in first. It wasn't like, oh, we're just going to touch our toes in the water. I want you to go through the river and God's going to take care of it for you. So what do they have to do? They just didn't touch their toe into the river. If you read it in, in the Bible, it talks about how they had to fully step into the water. And then the water parted. God released a promise. God's promise was, you're going to go into the land that I have promised you, and I'm going to clear the way for you every part of the way. Every way. But believe in me, trust in me, walk in my freedom. Don't look back and go, oh, we should have just stayed in Egypt. Was, at least we had a house there. You know, not to mention the, the chains, the whips, and the, the slavery, but we had a house, and, and now we're just we're going to wander around the desert. God has promised us freedom. We should declare freedom over our lives daily, but we should declare freedom over this town, over the people who are bound by sin, addiction, everything that has bound them, that Satan has them bound by. We should declare freedom over them. Bring freedom. Talks about it in Isaiah. He goes, I'm going to bring freedom to the captives. I'm going to release them. Isaiah 60. Sixty-one. Excuse me. I'm sorry. It's Isaiah sixty-one. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to preach the good tidings to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. Next part says to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prison to those who are what? What's it say? Bound. 
to release those who are bound. God promises us freedom. He promised us mercy. He gave us mercy. Step into His mercy. Step into His freedom that He has for you. Paul says, but don't go back into the old. Embrace freedom. Change your mind. Renew your mind on what God's freedom is, not on the box of sin that you lived in before this. Turn to Galatians 5 for me. I want to close with this. Paul's writing again. He says, I'm going to start in actually 431. He says, So then, brethren, we are not children of the bondwoman, but of the free. Galatians 431 says, We are not children of the bondwoman, but we are children of the free. If we're born again, if we have accepted Christ as Savior, we are sons and daughters. We are free in Him. Then 5.1 says, Stand fast, therefore, in liberty, that which Christ has made us free, and do not be entangled again by the yoke of bondage. God says, I've given you freedom, but don't get yourself snared back up into bondage like you were in. Don't go back to that old lifestyle. Don't go back to that old mindset. Don't go back to the old way of living. God said, I promise you freedom. His promises are always what? Yes and amen. We don't live under the old master. We don't live under sin anymore. Paul says, don't let it be your master again. Don't let yourselves go back into the bondage of sin and let Satan be your master. God has designed us for this, is to be free, to love Him, and to show other people His freedom. To declare freedom in other people's lives. To bring freedom to other people through Christ Jesus. That's what we're called to do. He's designed us to be free so we can declare freedom to the captives. Let's pray.